0: Hi, everyone. This is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm so thankful that you're listening with me here today, and I'm excited to talk to you today about what I've been studying in the Bible. i um, i i'm not following my plan for this year confession's good for the soul right so we can just start with that fact i think i've already told you guys that um earlier this year i said that i was going to read through the bible chronologically again that i was going to start back at genesis and um yeah that did not work out but um i didn't give up just because my plan wasn't going the way i wanted it to um i just changed gears and i'm actually so thankful that i did we've been um so in my home bible study we've been studying first and second corinthians we're almost done with second corinthians now and it's taken us i mean we've been doing this for a couple months so um that's probably really what got me off track with my reading through the bible chronologically Um, is that I got like neck deep in the Corinthian study and um, I'm actually really enjoying it. And that's what I want to talk to you guys a little bit about today. But then we just started small groups at church and we're doing first and second Peter in small groups. So I'm studying that too. Um, But I'm still trying to stay in the word every day and trying to read. And um, I will say whenever I get like some time that I'm not having to study for one of those things it's really nice to go back and to read some of the old testament just because i love it and because um it's um it's it's because it's not a checklist studying for my bible studying for small group has been a lot of work but it's actually been a lot of fun i've really enjoyed it and then when i get to read um the bible through chronologically and I'm going back to the old testament it's literally just for fun and that's really cool that's it's just been a really cool experience so that's what's important and I hope that that you've learned that throughout listening to the podcast is that We don't want our Bible reading to feel like a checklist. Sometimes it is hard work. Sometimes it does take effort That's um, if we're studying, um, and that's okay. But we don't want it to feel like, oh, man, this is something I have to do, and I don't want to. You want it to be like, this is something I have to do, and and it's something that I enjoy. And so maybe this is a good time. I, I feel like I do this all the time. Maybe this is a good time to pause in your Bible reading and reflect, say, has this become a checklist thing? Do I need to change things up a little bit or am I still enjoying what I'm doing? And and if I'm not, is it because it's just something hard? Is it it's something that I need to let um, God work on me or because um, I've just made it um, a mundane part of my routine checklist kind of thing? So I'm excited to share with you guys what I've been studying um, to do a little recap, if you will. I know, I think everything is a recap at this point, Um, but a recap Sunday service, and now I'm going to recap what I've been studying for you guys, but um, I'm hoping that in sharing a little bit about how I've studied 1st and 2nd Corinthians, it will show you how um, I use those five P's of Bible study, the purpose, perspective... um, patience process what's the fifth one I always forget it purpose perspective patience process prayer oh my gosh I forgot the most important one prayer so um I'm gonna try to talk about those as I talk about uh how I've been studying through first and second Corinthians and uh, gosh it's like 30 chapters so I'm not gonna give you every single point but um Y'all hang in there with me. Hopefully, you'll learn something. Hopefully, it's fun to listen to this. And um, let's go. Let's do it. So, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about studying with patience, um, and I mentioned the five P's of Bible study. I've also done a podcast on perspective, but one of the things that I said, um, and I, I got this from the Women of the Word book by Jen Wilkins. I think it's just so good. Is that purpose, when we study the Bible with purpose, we're looking at how it fits into God's big picture for the Bible. When we study with perspective, we're looking at how it fits into the historical context, like what was going on in the world when the book was written or when the letter was written whatnot. Um, And both of those are vital. And uh, the process that I've been using is to just um, take it a couple chapters at a time. And um, I'm doing this with my small group Bible study, but we I read a chapter, I read it through once just to read it, and then um, I read it through, again, I'll read each chapter two or three times, um, thinking about different things as I read, like, um, you know, what is this teaching me about God is a question I always ask, but then also, like, how does this fit in with what I've already read, and um, so let me just start with some perspective, okay? When we talk about 1 Corinthians, I have some notes, about um, that I've written about the book. And so I'm going to, it's going to sound like I'm reading it. It's because I am. But um, when we look at the letter to the Corinthians, we need to imagine um, when we talk about the city of, so it was written to the church that was meeting in the city of Corinth. I mean, when we think about the city of Corinth, we've got to imagine a city where there were no Christians, zero. Christianity was a brand new thing. Um, and so imagine a city where there were no Christians until just recently, some people were converted and they've began to meet in their homes. And, um, so it's a very young church in a very, 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 very wicked city. Um, the population would have been about 300,000 free people and 460,000 slaves. So just... At, with that information, imagine what the city would have been like. Um, but on top of that, this city was the center of Greek life and culture. It was very immoral. Um, in my Bible study, Uh, My cousin Rachel's there, and she is our residential historian, resident historian. She has all the information, and she has told us some just horrific things that I will not mention on my podcast um, that were going on in the city of Corinth that would have been going on um, just in Greek culture during that time. It's really bad. And um, you've got some baby Christians trying to do the right thing there um, in the middle of this culture that does not glorify God. In fact, they worship many, many different kinds of gods. And those gods that they worship, um, they worship them through really immoral, in really immoral ways. And that's who Paul is writing to. And um, he actually spent, he actually wrote several letters to the Corinthian church. We just have two of them. Um, But I really love how he starts. And if you've read any of the letters of Paul they all have the same format and Paul always starts the his letters by greeting by introducing himself greeting the people he's um writing to um and but then when Paul in his greeting I think this is really cool Paul begins this letter um and he does it through his greeting by describing the church as it ought to be um, because he's really going to lay the hammer down with them after a little while it gets really tight really tough but um, in the very first two to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus so the first thing he tells us is that the church should be sanctified and what does that mean Um, it means that they're set apart Um, verse five says in that every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge so he's telling us that the church should be enriched in the knowledge of God Uh, I'm kind of skipping around. Let me see. I need to go back to verse four. Verse four uh, says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. So the church of God is covered by grace. Um, Verse seven, so that you're not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the church is expecting Jesus to return. And then verses 8 and 9, Who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the church should be depending on the faithfulness of God. So sanctified, enriched in the knowledge of God, covered by grace, expecting Jesus to return, and depending on the faithfulness of God. And he talks about, a lot of these he covers all of this more in depth in his letter but I want to really focus on um the first uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah the first one about being sanctified um, the most because this is where he spends most of his time the book of the book of 1 Corinthians is really Paul's call to the church calling them to a higher standard calling them to rise up out of the culture Um, because what we see in first corinthians um with some of the sins that paul calls out in the church and some of the things they're struggling with is that they have allowed the culture to influence the church instead of the church influencing the culture the church coming out of culture and being above it and um Allowing God to influence who who they are, their identity, um, and so they were doing the opposite. They were allowing culture and the world to to influence their identity, and so let's just pause right there, and we can see that yes, we're re- we're looking at this through a historical lens. We're looking at it in a very like uh, procedural way, but what what stood out to me is how exactly the same it is today that god is this message is still so relevant for the church even in a world where i've grown up in the bible belt where everyone was a christian but now as an adult i'm looking around and i see that not a lot of people are Christian? Not a lot of people are living like Christians, and where we live, not even a lot of people are claiming to be Christians anymore. Um, the they're all wanting to be spiritual, wanting to um, looking for a, a higher power, or you know these kinds of things. But they're not following Jesus. There. So what's happening? Literally, what's happening in our world is that the culture has started to influence the church rather than the church being separate from culture and allowing God to influence what the church looks like. And that is frightening, but it's also so refreshing that God, um, in his sovereignty, could write, could influence, give these words to Paul to write to the church at Corinth. And 2,000 years later, they are still relevant for the church today. I think that's amazing. Let's read a scripture just so you know I'm not making this up. Um, In chapter 1, I want to read verse 18. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. And so what this is telling us is that we can never truly know God through our human wisdom. It has to be through his wisdom, which he gives us. And... It was relevant for the church back then because they would have fallen into... And this is an issue that was in the Corinthian church. And he goes on to mention it later. He says, like, who is Apollos? Who is Peter? Who, you know, is Christ divided? We're not divided. Because what they would have wanted to do, Greek, in the Greek culture, they would have been like, oh, well, I follow the philosophies of so-and-so. Or I follow the philosophies of so-and-so. I'm not smart enough to know who Greek philosophers are, but... um." Maybe you know the names of some Greek philosophers. That's what the culture then, they would have been like persuaded by, you know, Greek people would have been like, well, I follow this person. I follow this person. And so the church was following into that pattern saying, well, I follow the teachings of Peter. I follow the teachings of Apollos. I follow the teachings of Paul. And Paul's like, hang on, hang on. We're all preaching the same thing. We're not trying to get you to follow us. We're trying to get you to follow God. And, um... And that's one of the things that I want to come across in this podcast too. Uh it's so it's still so relevant for us today that we're not we don't need to just be like, well, I follow the teaching of I don't know, Lisa Turkhurst <laughs> or Jackie O'Berry, nothing against them. I love them. Those are two of really great authors. Or maybe even your pastor. Like I just follow their teaching or whatever. Also, don't crucify me you should listen to the teaching of your pastor 100% but it's what what Paul was saying is we you don't follow people you follow God. I trust that my pastor is teaching me about God. because, And I know that he is. Because I'm reading the Bible with him. Um, when he says this, something. I'm looking it up in the scripture. I know that he's right on track. And so I can trust that that he's feeding me. And he says right here. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach. To save those who believe. Not it pleased God to use us. It pleased God that we would listen to what Paul had to say. No it pleased God to use preaching. To use the word to to lead people to him. And that seems like insanity to the world. That, oh, you're just going to do that because some ancient book tells you to? Hey, that's what the world says. Oh, you believe in the Bible? I talked about this on an episode a while back about how they're trying to cancel all these authors for you know, things that they wrote decades ago and now it's doesn't fit in with our culture. Now and some of it is, some of it's wrong, some of it's not nice. Um, but they want to do it to the Bible too. Say, look what look what the Bible says about this and about this. That's we need to cancel it. Um and it is, it's gonna seem like foolishness to the world if you say that you allow your choices to be dictated by what the Bible says. Okay, let me read another scripture and I'm going to move on from this topic. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 5. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. There he says it. Here's what I would challenge you to do. When your preacher's up there preaching, or your small group leader is teaching something, or you're reading a book, or you're listening to a YouTube video, and there is something that... Really strikes according to you, you feel like you've grown and you feel like, oh, the Lord was speaking to me. Why don't you stop right there and pause and say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for speaking through to me. Thank you, God, for using this person to get your message to me. And so then in that moment in your heart, You're setting the intention that I know that this person, God, you that God used this person to speak this word to me. And this word is what's changed me, not this person. This person is not who's changing me. This word is who's changing me. And thank you, God, for this word. And thank you, God, for using that person. Because then it gives glory to God and not to that person for what they've spoken. I think that would be really good practice. I'm going to do it myself. Okay. Um, let's see. There's so much more we could dig into. There's a lot in 1st and 2nd Corinthians about church discipline. I think that's a topic for another day, another podcast episode, another podcast entirely. Um, so I'm going to skip over a lot. But um, I want to say that Paul, he addresses like the division in the church because they're all following different people. Um, but then he starts to address sin in the church But he kind of brings it back together. So there's this one part when he's talking about um, if you're allowed to eat food that's offered to idols. And so he says, we know that the idols aren't real. They're not real gods. And so we know that the food offered to them like really doesn't mean anything. So we could eat that food. But if it offends your brother, if because they don't understand they don't have the same revelation as you, then maybe don't do it in front of them. And th- there's this scripture that I think is so good in, it's in chapter eight, verse, it's the end of verse one and verse two, it says, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, He is known by God. So I just said that Paul is calling the church to hold themselves to this higher standard. Um, And I think I even said he's calling us like to live above, above the culture. And that might sound... It does. It sounds prideful. It sounds like, oh, we think we're something else. But Paul says here, this knowledge that you have, don't let it puff you up. So he says that the best way to hold yourself to a higher standard is through humility. And humility isn't loving yourself less. It's loving others more with the love of Christ. And so if I'm trying to be called out and I'm trying to live my life set apart from the culture. I'm not saying, Oh, I'm better than you because I know more because I'm separate. That's prideful. It's saying that I know. It's saying that I know better. So I'm, I'm going to do better, but my brother who doesn't know better yet, I'm still going to love him and I'm going to pray for him that he will come to this freedom and this knowledge and he will find liberty in Christ. Um, But in the meantime, if I think that's something that I'm doing because I, because I do, because I know this, because I've had this revelation of the truth, if I think that's going to harm my brother, I'm not, I'm not going to flaunt it in front of their face. And that's, that's humility. Okay, that's two big takeaways from 1 Corinthians. And I think I'm going to stop right there, but let's talk about the um the 5 Ps. You saw how I kind of looked at some historical context and how it it made it make a lot of sense and it it oh, I would dare say it made it make more sense. Even looking at it through um, the lens of today's church and today's culture, um, so that's perspective, purpose. How does it fit into God's big picture? Um, that's a question that um, we can ask right now, um, because we did we did talk about salvation too about how God wants us to be saved he chose the foolishness of preaching that we could be saved and so God's big picture is salvation it's how he could bring us close to him um wait I think I've said before that everything in the Old Testament pointed forward to the cross and everything in the New Testament points back to the cross um our salvation is because of what Jesus did and um we find out about that and we learn about that through preaching and through his word um you I hope you kind of saw my process for it and um, you need to know that it took over a month for me to study through first Corinthians and um, what you couldn't see because you're listening on a podcast is the notes upon notes upon notes that I had written in my Bible in my study Bible the things that were highlighted that's all part of the process Um, but it took patience to get through it. And there were a few chapters that were really hard. Um, I remember sitting in Deja Mu in Springfield with my Bible study one night and one of the girls saying, I just don't like that. And that's okay. God didn't call us to like everything that's in the Bible. We just have to believe it and we have to live it. It's not always going to feel good to our flesh. But also if you read a verse that you don't like, that doesn't sit well with your spirit, it's okay to take time to pause and to ask God for help and to keep on reading because it may make more sense. And truly, there's there's one area in 1 Corinthians where Paul addresses a sin that's happening in the church. And he has some really harsh um, discipline. The discipline seems really, really harsh. But if you continue reading in 2 Corinthians, you see where he comes back and where there is forgiveness and where there is restoration. And if you just took those few scriptures in 1 Corinthians out and you didn't read the rest, it would you would never see that. And so that's why it's always important to keep going. And then, of course, always with prayer. We pray before, we pray during, and we pray after. So my prayer at the end of this podcast and at the end of this study of 1 Corinthians is that, Lord, you would help me um, to know you more. And that any knowledge I gained, that it wouldn't puff me up. It wouldn't make me feel like I'm better than anyone else. But that it would help me to love you, God, and to love others more. And that's my prayer for you today is that as you um, read your Bibles, that you would love God more. But that also you could love people more um, because that's what the Word of God will do for us. All right, I barely got through anything in that book, but I think I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna try to like um, break it up and give you like some Bible study tips, but then also tell you a little bit about what I've been reading, what I've been studying. And I hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's me again. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Also, would you consider leaving a review or rating it? I would really appreciate it. It helps the podcast get into the hands, the ears of other people who need to hear about the Word of God. And if you've listened before, you know how I like to end every podcast. You are a Bible reader, you can understand the Word of God and you will be changed by what you read. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.